1: every team every topic everywhere this is believe shut up and sit down hello and welcome back to fourth down focus brought to you by the believe podcast network I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of 4th Down University, a company focused on the training and development of coaches, kickers, punters, and snappers. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. The NBA is back, and the Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you're looking for a place to bet on sports, BetOnline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else online. So head to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your sportsbooks experts. Episode 18 of the podcast welcomes Mac Loudermilk, current NFL free agent and former punter for the UCF Knights. Loudermilk, a native of Valdosta, Georgia, played both quarterback and punter at Valdosta High School. ESPN rated Loudermilk a three-star punter and the number 41 specialist in the nation. He was also ranked the number 56 dual-threat quarterback by 247 Sports and named the 2013 All-Region 1 6A Georgia Special Teams Player of the Year. After his time at Valdosta High, Loudermilk took his talents to UCF where he had a legendary career. Some of his highlights at UCF are, he won the 2018 Pete Mortel Holder of the Year Award. In his senior season, he punted 47 times for 2,042 yards with a 43.4 net average. This was the eighth best single season average in college football history. In his junior year, he dropped 19 of 41 punts inside the 20-yard line in a single season forcing 23 fair catches with a 39.5-yard net average and never once hit a touchback all year long. Finally, he was named to the 2016-17 and Academic All-American team. Impressive, Mac. I'm excited to catch up with you today, talk to you about what you're doing to get to this point, your off-season training program, and the plans you have moving forward. How are you doing?
0: Doing good, man. I can't can't complain at all. Uh, Super excited to be here and doing this with you.
1: Yeah, I I've known you for I want to say it's eight or nine years now. I met you at. Been a at, while. Yeah. yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, it's crazy how old I'm getting. You're just getting. Yeah. You're just getting in your prime. I'm just getting older. But no, I, <laughs> I I I find it fascinating how many different backgrounds, specialists I've trained over the years come from before football becomes their priority. I've had soccer, baseball, basketball, hockey, tennis, swimming, and all of these sports have proven to be effective in the development of the core muscle groups that specialists need to be explosive, yet stay in control. Mm-hmm. You, you always impress me in the weight room. In fact, you have been the most impressive pound for pound, or not, because you're stronger than every special or long snapper I know as well. But. You've impressed me there, and I think you've been impressive there because that's been a focus in your life for a number of years. So could you give us, could you give us a background in not only strength training, but also perhaps some other sports or activities you grew up doing, uh, specifically outside of football, that helped you develop into the punter that you are today?
0: Yeah, so uh, uh, growing up, I always played you know, the big three sports in uh, Georgia, football, basketball, and baseball. Um, once middle school rolled around, I kind of backed off of baseball and then instead went to track. And so, uh, playing really basketball and track, those are two pretty, depending on your event, two pretty explosive sports, um, basketball. I think you learn a lot about, you know, vertical explosiveness, a lot of hand-eye coordination. And with track, I was a member of the four by one D team and I ran the 400 meter and the four by four relay. And so those are kind of longer races, but they're still explosive sprints. And so for me, and punting, I think it's just it's you build up your quad strength, your hip flexor strength, your hamstring strength, and that's how you create your lower body explosiveness. And with basketball, if you go up for a, a layup in basketball and if your feet are too out from under your body, you're going to fall back and hit you on the, on the hardwood floor. So yeah, it really teaches you to keep your hips and your legs up under you to come up and through to get that vertical leap to lay the ball up nice and soft into the hoop.
1: Yeah. I, I love what
0: you said. Um,
1: I'm going to go back to like the, the sports I mentioned that you didn't do like soccer is, isn't it? Yeah, never played soccer. It's a, it's very in hockey, right. And tennis. Uh, these are sports that you play in a confined space. Um, Although it's different, it's confined. It's, it's not a, a big, a mile to run. It's more of a five yard sprint here, redirect left here, back pedal here, yeah. then move back forward. To me, special specialists, uh, all of them, they need to operate in a confined area and do it very well, very explosively, right? Um, and, yep. I, and I think a lot of that, it comes from proper weight distribution, uh, your alignment and stance, uh, your base, is it set too wide? Are you operating as you move forward at your natural height? Are you undulating? You know, Are you overstriding? <laughs> I think all of these things need to be learned uh, well before you want to be a proficient kicker, punter, snapper. I think that the, it, right, it's so such a good background to just grow up and learn how to use your body. We're not expecting you to be an Olympian gold medalist swimmer, but that's another sport that good God, if it doesn't work every muscle in your body, I, I, I don't know what does, but I want to relate. I had Aiden Swanson on, punter for Clemson. And he, he mentioned track as a background. And what I thought was very interesting and I, and I think makes perfect sense is I think punters, uh, especially the high school punters listening to the show, in the spring, if you are not playing baseball, if you're not on a year-round travel soccer team, if you're not a tennis player, get involved with track. I mean, what Max said, a what, what Max said is, is, is 100% correct. You know, that short explosive movement is a direct correlation to what's needed to be a good punter. Uh, you've got to activate the hips. You've got to do it in two and a half yards. You know, it's, it's not easy to do. It's, it's, it's there's a lot of inertia, the stored energy that you could lose if you do something incorrectly. So that's kind of where I step in is on the technical side of the punting. But I love, yeah. I love when you share your background, um, because like I mentioned, Aiden Swanson was a triple jumper and a high jumper. And he credits those experiences to the hip activation and punting, you know, to get the five. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah without a doubt. So
1: thank you very much for sharing that. Um, Like many of my athletes, I, I do follow you on social media and you are a good follow. At the end of the show, I'm going to have you share with the audience some accounts to follow because I think you're positive. Your posts are often about your training, both on and off the field. I wanted to know if you could share with our listeners what a typical week looks like on the field, in the weight room, film room, training room and treatment, and maybe perhaps time spent in each area. Could you allocate some hours to these things maybe in a work, in a work week?
0: Yeah. So, uh, my training week starts on Monday. And so, uh, Monday morning at 6am Monday through Friday, I wake up at 6am and go to work. I work at home Depot right now from uh, six to 10 doing building displays, taking apart displays, stocking shelves, that kind of stuff. Just kind of little odd jobs there. And then uh, I come home, I make a breakfast. Usually it's three eggs, two pieces of toast and a fruit bar. And then I'll have a little nap, and then I'll wake up right around 11, 1230 ish and I'll go to the field. Um, on Mondays, uh, the kicking is very light and very technique-based. I'm not, I may hit – I might hit 10 full, full-step full punts during that whole kicking workout. Everything is usually one step, mostly liners, getting my legs and my hips feeling right, um, doing some, some specialty kicks, coming out the back of the end zone, uh, hitting a couple of pooches, making sure those feel right. And then on Mondays, I'll do a little bit of kickoff work. You know, I'm trying to learn how to do that trying, at a professional level. Right now, I'll be pretty decent for a high schooler. But at the end of the day, I got to hit that ball about five or six yards deeper. with Probably another second of hang time on top of it. And so uh, Tuesdays or m- after that, I come home. Uh, I'll take a little little hour, 30-minute rest. Um, I have a little pre-workout drink, a little little carb meal. Now I go into my garage and I hit legs heavy. Um, I do a lot of front squats on Mondays, uh, a lot of Olympic technique stuff. I'll do a lot of pulls, uh, a lot of pause pulls, just kind of feeling where my body is, learning how to brace my core, keep everything tight through a lift, Uh, a lot of hip flexor stuff on Mondays. And then Tuesdays, I don't really do a whole lot of kicking on Tuesdays. Tuesdays is a day off. Um, I go and help coach a little 10-year-old who wants to know how to punt. I'll coach him at Carrollton right now in their indoor facility for an hour. And then after that, I go and work out again. And it's another heavy leg day. This time it's back squats, high bar back squats, making sure that I keep the weight moderately heavy, but I'm still being explosive with it. I don't want to take three seconds or five seconds coming up out of the hole with a weight. I want to go down, get flexible, get in the hole, and then explode back up. Also, after that, it's a lot of Olympic lifting. Again, I do a lot of power clings and jerks on Tuesdays because I I think, you know, if you can create that force to lift one and a half times your body weight from the floor onto your shoulders and then press that overhead, that is full body explosiveness. And uh, then after that, it's a lot of more hamstring work, quad work, ankle flexibility work, uh, putting a 90 pound dumbbell on my knee. And seeing how far away I can back my foot from a wall and getting my knee to touch the wall. Just building different flexibility uh, parts of it. And then Wednesdays is a total and complete day off. I don't do any kicking whatsoever. I just chill. No workout, no nothing. Let my body get recovered how it needs to. Thursday is a, uh, another light kicking day. I'll do a couple of one steps. Whenever I teach my kid. just kind of show what I'm looking for. And then uh, I'll work out again after that. And this time it's more lightweight explosive stuff. That's more of hip thrusters, glute hams, uh, knee drive, single leg squat, staying, staying very lightweight with that stuff, but still being very quick and explosive. And so the most I'll go up to on a hip thruster is 225 pounds. I'll do three sets of 10 with that. Just knock it out in that 10th, that 10th rep, I'm holding it for at least a 10 count really focusing on tightening my glutes, keeping my core tight, keeping my back tight, not letting my hips sag, um, kind of building a little bit of muscular endurance along with doing that. Then Friday is my film day. So all my clips that you see me posting on Twitter, uh, my Instagram and my YouTube page, that's all filmed on Friday. I give myself, I get uh, 12 balls each way. If I don't get my sets within 12 balls going left and right, I don't have it that day. It's not going to happen my body's just not feeling it. Um, I want, I'll stop filming and I'll start going back to technique stuff. I'll I'll break everything down from my jab step to where my first steps going to what my plant steps doing. And then finally I'll, I'll swing onto a ball and seeing, you know, what, what feels off with that. Why am I not getting the sweet spot today? And so then that's, and then Saturday is rest. Sunday is rest. And then Monday it starts all over every workout I do lasts normally around an hour and a half to two hours. Um, Just kind of depending on what my body feels like, to be honest with. Interesting. I
1: am blown away that the structure that's put in place by everyone that seems to do it at a higher level or a level that people aspire to be at after high school. When I ask high school kids the same question, you know, what does your typical work week look like? It's it's almost amazing (laughs) at the lack of content that they that they give me. It, it usually it usually amounts to, uh, I'm not really sure where to go with this coach, what do you think type thing. So what, what it screams to me is there's no independence. Yeah. And I think that you have to find your independence young, especially now because there are kids out there at 15, 16, not very many, but there are some out there that are attacking their work week, maybe not the exact same way you do but but they're flirting with with your methods Mm -hmm. you know and i think yes those are the kids in the end when looking back if they didn't make it at least they can say i know beyond the shadow of a doubt i did whatever i could to try and make it happen and that's a great feeling i think that's why i work so hard is i just want to leave no doubts and i like people i surround myself with people like you who do the same so i i love your answer uh you know, we had a little pre-recording meeting before the show. And I I I did ask Mac, I was like, go ahead and dig dig into that question because I know you have something to say, and assuredly you did. The one thing I did want to ask you based off of your answer is this. And I think it's important to note, I would imagine four years ago, the only thing that may have been different, you know, in a sense with what you just told me was there was a lot of time spent doing drops, you know, wor- working on footwork.
0: Right. Yeah. So whenever I get home at 8 o'clock at night, there's at least an hour. I go. I have in my basement. It's silver duct tape on my on the floor, and it has marked off where my jab step is, where my first step is, where my plant step is. Like I have visual cues where everything is, and I do at least at least seventy five drops in the basement every night before I go to bed. The technique stuff, miss the little things that matter. Whenever, yeah, if for some, like, let's say one day I'm blessed to play in Chicago in a game and that wind's coming off the lake, like, I have to be technically sound because that wind is going to expose whatever little thing is off in my technique by tenfold.
1: Absolutely. And you probably put yourself in the situations, correct? Like a hypothetical, even if you're in your living room, in your basement, where, hmm, I've got a headwind, I've got a tailwind, I've got a crosswind. So I need to adjust table height perhaps, right? Like doubt. nose down. These are things, again, the audience may not know, but there are subtleties to this punting thing to bring about the ball in flight the way we want it. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we won't get into all of that, but I love, again, you are leaving no doubt. And I think, I think the problem is when a kid has a good day on the field who and I'm and, and he's almost assuredly over punting. Like we we listened to your week and you were most definitely not over kicking. You were, you're rewarding yourself with the opportunity to punt based on all the other things that are, that you feel are conducive in being a good punter, right? You're not going out there every day.
0: No, I have a pitch count as well. Like I don't do over 30 balls a session. That's it. It's
1: very smart. And and these That's are the, it. these are the things that, that need to be echoed because sometimes coming from me, my players may not hear it. So I'm really glad we're in agreement on that too, is we're talking about an unnatural aggressive motion, maybe not as aggressive as kicking,
0: but, right. It's still violent. It's very explosive and very violent. And it will take a toll on your body if you go out and hit 50 to 60 balls every single time you go and kick.
1: And don't you think there's danger in that 40th and 50th and 60th rep in, as far as compromising technique? I think your technique goes out the window when you get a little fatigued, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, without a doubt. So, so th- these are all things that are valuable, and I'm glad you touched on. <laughs> With a new year comes tons of big games and sports. With big games, you need big stakes. Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. Visit KansasCityStakes.com slash gameday and save up to $25 on combos perfect for game day. Plus, get free shipping with the code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V at checkout. Try out the snack pack combo featuring small plates with big flavors. Every order is flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Every cut of steak imaginable from appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, go to KansasCitySteaks.com gameday game day and use the code BLEAV at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big taste. Now back to the show. High school specialists have more resources for development now than ever. Specialists who play on Saturdays and Sundays have coaches with experience in preparing high-level specialists. In my opinion, training is essential. But stars and rankings are aesthetically pleasing, and they're beginning to become a priority over training. What is your advice to high school kickers on personal instruction versus the camps and combine circuit?
0: I would say to any high school kicker listening right now, personal instruction by far outweighs the rewards from these showcase or combine camps. Um, I'll never forget going into my senior year, me and my dad were doing a workout circuit. We we're visiting colleges and everything. And uh, I was at a camp at LSU. Um, I won the punting competition, but I didn't get brought over and introduced to the special teams coach. Instead, it was a couple of other guys got brought over who were, who were known to go to this guy's camps multiple times a year. Um, I think out of my four years of high school, I went to maybe, maybe two Coles camps and one sailor camp. That was, that was really it. Um, I let my film work do my talking for me. Uh, Maybe it was the fact that I was not just a punter. That was also a quarterback. I played every position on the offense besides offensive line. So maybe it was that, that kind of, helped me out in the recruiting aspect but uh, at the end of the day you know I my my stuff was shown on film I had solid film to back me up Um, it's one thing if you can go out and hit 50 yard 5-0s consistently and if you're doing if you're without a doubt like a five-star punter then yeah go go for it go to these camps and earn your stars but uh, unless that you unless you're consistently hitting the ball 45-4-5 going into college then I think Year, You should probably go to a little more personal training, uh, developmental camps before you go on and hit, hit up those showcase camps, to be honest.
1: I like what you said. Um, I think that game film is still the primary source. It's the first thing a coach in college wants to see. And Nick Toth, the guy that coached you uh probably wants to see your performance in a game because it's it's something that you can't fabricate you can't you can't edit it too much i mean of course you can only show the kicks with the wind if that's what you choose to do but a smart college coach is going to want to follow up with you on that lake city columbia film where you kick six six times one direction where were the kickoffs going the other way you know there were two there were two halves to that game so again the eye in the sky never lies um game film is, is 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 a priority and i think in addition to that it's people like you if you want to see a good account follow mac Loudermilk on social media anyone listening to the show it is the way it should be done. He, he posts all the time about positive things. If it's not family related or happy birthday to my friend, it's I am getting busy, getting better. It's And it's not always on the field. It might be in the weight room. Uh, you just posted one today, I want to say, or yesterday on a story that was fantastic with stability. That yeah. stability, that kid in the background that was watching you work out, <laughs> man, he was like, I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> so no, I just, I look up to you, even though you're a younger guy, you're one of my favorite people I've gotten to work with because you were such a good example to the younger guys. You always gave time to to spend time with whoever it was that wanted to get better. And I, I like that about you. And I think good things are going to come your way because of that. I want to shift the focus to, um, to something that is uncertain. I should say, I want you to explain, to the audience, the life of a free agent punter. And I want you to identify the things that they may not know, such as the things like, who is the right agent for me, right? Uh, what what does it mean to be certain about the uncertain?
0: That, that's rough, man, because I'm not going to lie. This free agent life is stressful. I I cannot say that enough. Um, you know, I a lot of these guys now who've actually played during in the NFL season, now they're on vacation. They can kind of take a break, let their body heal and relax. But for me, I can't really do that. I'm in kind of a mindset where I have to be ready 24 seven, three sixty five. So whenever the team calls for a workout, I'm ready to go. And so uh, it's 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 hard. I um you know I, as far as the agent goes, I have a a great one of the best agents I believe in Glenn Schwartzman. He has quite a number of punters in the league. Um, as far as I know, he's he's shooting my name out to guys. He's issuing my film, my my charts out to everyone. And, you know, as long as I keep doing my job and updating it week by week, if the weather allows it, then uh, sooner or later, I'm, I'm going to get a, a shot. And so for me, it's just being ready for that shot. Um, I think coming out of college, I kind of relied a little too, too heavily on my social media presence, to be honest. I, I got complacent. I thought I was that a team was going to sign me because of what I had put on social media, the antics. I was the personality I had growing on there and I got complacent and I stopped working as hard, to be honest. And then getting ready for my, what would have been my true rookie season in the NFL. I was so busy trying to just hit a 50 yard five, two every time to where my technique got out of whack. I was overstriding so much on my plant step. I was, Swinging at 105 percent being totally off balance to where now I figured out my ball is a 45 yard 4 8 ball. That's if I hit that every time, great. If I miss hit it, it's going to go 44 49 43 5 If I really just hit my A plus ball, it's going to be 52 yard 5 3. I mean, that's it. I, I now I know my swing, I know my body. I have had to. Deke, I've sat in my room at night on this laptop and just going over frame by frame my film and finding out what works best for me. Breaking everything down to the minute detail. How how much is my ball rolled over in my drop? Where's my hand placement? Uh, where's my jab going? Is my is my first step going in line with my target, or am I am I kind of coming outside my hips with it, and that's making me kind of sway when I walk, and therefore making me come across the ball instead of going straight up through it. Um, it's it's, it's rough, but I, I have fallen in love with this grind for this dream, to be honest. I'm about to get choked up just because it makes me emotional. But without these past year and a half, these two years of sitting on the couch every Sunday, watching guys who I competed with at other various showcase camps, playing, knowing that I can do just as good of, if not a better job than them. But yet my, my time still hasn't been called yet. And so it's just that fire just get, keeps getting reignited every, every weekend watching my, my, my buddies go out and living out my dream, to be honest. Like, my dream has always been to play in the NFL. It hasn't always been to be an NFL specialist, so to say. I thought I'd be an NFL quarterback, to be honest, as a little kid. But once I uh, stopped growing and only hit six foot, I kind of realized that probably wasn't going to happen. And so it's just kind of finding ways to adapt, to overcome, to stay driven, to not get down on yourself, to stay positive, to say, you know, I had a bad session at the field today, but there's there's always next time. And so for me, it's just doing whatever I can to scratch and claw for an opportunity to live out my dream that I've had since I was a little boy, to be honest.
1: Everybody needs just the right amount of fuel to get going in the morning. For some, a nice McDonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it. Others might prefer a McDonald's bacon egg and cheese
0: bagel. Or perhaps a sausage egg and cheese bagel. And there are those where nothing will do but a hearty McDonald's steak egg and cheese bagel.
1: Four different breakfast bagels to get you going. Tomorrow morning, give your engine a head start at participating McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I love your honesty. I, I want to start with what you said about you're you you were a celebrity let's be honest i don't the the yeah. audience if they they'll probably recall you now when i say this that they did a game day segment on you and they called they yeah. called you the most interesting <laughs> the most interesting man in college football and i think yeah. i think you actually earned that right that year um and espn acknowledged you for that because yeah you your personality man it's it's contagious. Like when you're on a field, I want to be around you. I want to laugh with you because you're not only having fun, you're outworking everybody too. see, I think, I think you know me well enough that I take it very serious on a football field. I don't care if I have middle schoolers out there. I want to make certain that everyone on this field for a few hours is going to shut it out. And what I mean by that is shut out the world, shut out your distractions, shut out the negativity, shut out your girlfriend, shut out the drama and focus on you and leave it's time to work on that. Yeah. Day. Leave better. And you, you always came with that mindset and you, um, again, you, you left a good example on many lives. Uh, I also want to touch on, I can, I can't relate to you directly, but I, I can relate to you in a sense because I know six, seven guys that are young in the NFL that were on the same field that you were with me in Daytona. Um, mm-hmm. and it's fun. It's yeah. funny how it works. Cause it, it, it it always seems to work itself out. And it's funny how some guys start better than others, but some guys finish much better than the guys that started. And and I think that you, you were doing wonderful things. I think you're controlling the controllable. And I think you're staying away from dwelling on the things that are out of our control. And I'll be honest, a, a big, big fault of mine that I have to constantly remind myself is I cannot beat myself up over some, over certain things that are out of my control and our minds are weak. You know, our minds will, will circulate and circle right, 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 right back around, I should say, right back around to that, the negativity. And that's where we stay stagnant. So I, I do, I appreciate you. I, I think it's important for you not to say that your life is full of rose petals and you, you know, you're getting sponsored this and you have an agent and you're about to. No, I think it's important for people to hear that you struggle too.
0: I, I would be lying to y'all's faces if I sat here and said, life well, is a free agent. It's fine. Cause it ain't. It's it's a grind. I'm having to find, go out and find odd jobs to to do to try to earn enough money to go to these other showcase camps like Zoners and Husteds and the Gridiron and all these other camps just to kind of get my name out there. You know, last last year, last school year, I was working as a paraprofessional in a special needs classroom, essentially, you know, changing diapers for for high school kids, um, working out at 4:30 in the mornings, trying to, trying just to make sure I got my lift in that day. Um, it's rough. Uh, if, if you have this rose petal life as a free agent, then please hit me up and tell you how, you how you do it because I haven't found that way yet. But to be honest, I don't know if I want to find that way. I love the grind. I love waking up knowing that hey, if I don't put this work in the day, no one else is going to for me. It's, it's totally up to me in my hands right now. My, my future, my destiny, my dream is totally in my hands right now and how I attack the day whenever I go train.
1: Amen, and that's the mindset you need to uh, stay out of the complacency, stay mm-hmm. out of the ne- negativity. So I have one more question to wrap the okay. show up and we talked about it a little bit, but I want to expound on it a little bit. okay I see I see you played quarterback in high school and you know you're a left-footed punter but it looks like you threw right. Yep. Um, I want to know, if it was tough to give that up, which you kind of referenced already, but more importantly, was it not beneficial in showcasing your athleticism uh, when you were being recruited as a punter?
0: Totally beneficial. So, I mean, I, I only started four games as a quarterback in high school, my first four games senior year. That was, that was, the only games I started as a quarterback. The other times from sophomore year through senior year, when I was on the field, it was as a fullback, a tight end, or a receiver on offense. Like I, coming from, I was born into the sport of football. So my dad was an O line coach, still is an O line coach here in Georgia. Like growing up, I was always around football. I wanted to play football as a three year old, but my dad would not sign me up because all there was was full contact, and he said, "No, you're not doing it yet." And so as soon as I turned four years old, I signed up for football. And so it was uh, – I've always – I've just loved the game. I love the, the, the team. The, it's a team sport, but you also as an individual have to be on your P's and Q's or else you're not going to play. I don't care if your daddy is the head coach or not. If you ain't good, you ain't good. You're not going to be on that field. So I was always just trying to find some way to be involved, whether it was being a fullback and kicking out the defensive end on a power play or if it was as a – a uh, slot receiver running a little five yard in route or senior year. I was playing a lot of flex tight end going, you know, four verts down the field, running a couple of basics here and there, being a wildcat quarterback, you know, it, it is what it is. And to this point too, like frost first year, uh, my red shirt sophomore year, I was on the front line of the kickoff return team. Like I was, I would, I wanted to be out there. I wanted to knock skulls around and just be out there on the football field and play the game of football. I don't, uh, I had the dream of being an NFL quarterback, yeah. But uh, once I got to college and kind of saw that I wasn't starting as a sophomore, my chances of getting that D1 offer to kind of get my name out there as a quarterback were slowly fading away. And so uh, I, I kind of knew if I want to play D1 football, it's not going to be as a quarterback. So, and then my first offer was from UNC Charlotte as a H backslash punter. And even as at UCF, my, I was offered as a tight end H backslash punter. Whenever I got there, they said, yeah, you're just going to punt for us. And so it was pretty much from that day on, that's when I truly started working on being a specialist. It was when I got to the D one level they said, Hey, you're just going to punt for us. Don't worry about being a tight end H back or any of that kind of stuff. Just learn how to punt. So I was 19 years old when I first really started to learn how to be a specialist. And even to this day, I am still learning how to be a specialist, but yeah, I've just always loved the game of football. I've always wanted to be on that field, cracking skulls, celebrating with the boys. Um, It's just the game itself excites me. And so once I'm done pursuing this NFL dream, I'm 10 times out of 10, I'm going to be coaching somewhere in some fashion to be honest. So it's just, I love this game and I love what all it's brought to me. Yeah, I,
1: I love to hear that. I want that to be 15, 20 years from now, but I think that you should be a coach. I think that we need more coaches like you. Um, I'm not saying that there's not a lot of excellent coaches in the country, but I, I am saying that there needs to be more quality coaching you know, yeah. at, at all levels, at all levels. Um, and I will say that there is a stigma, uh, an obvious one, but it's it's less than it used to be. The perception of specialists uh, when I was growing up 20 years ago playing, uh, it was very difficult. But thankfully, you know, I was pretty good in the weight room too. I wasn't you, but I was, you know, I was benching two nine. I went into Miami bench in 295 and I, I was squatting well and I ran a four six. I, my, my shuttle was exceptional because I was a soccer player. So mm-hmm. I was kind of like you as I earned my, I guess my respect initially, not even kicking a ball when I got to college, but it was the fact that they knew I could work. They yeah. knew I, they knew I had worked. You know, I, I think it's a big disconnect to expect to transition as a kicker or punter uh, from high school to college and not know how to lift the weight.
0: Yeah, I
1: think you, huge. I think you're going to, you're going to lose a lot of respect right away because you're already a kicker and a punter. I'm sorry.
0: You already looked as that guy.
1: But if, yeah, if you're, if you're a part of the team and you mentioned that too, I think being a part of the team is doing everything everyone does, but we all play different positions. We're still doing, we're still collectively doing the same activity. We're winning football games or losing them. We're lifting together. We're treating ourselves together. We're sleeping together. We're, we're eating together. We're doing all these things together. So, you know, be a part of the team. Don't be a separate entity. And I think that is where specialist uh, respect has improved, especially in the last five, 10 years is you're seeing guys like you more and more, guys that had a background in being involved in other sports and other positions in football, and I think it's doing wonderful things for the specialist community.
0: I'm sorry, but even so to this day, like, I I am not a true specialist. I am a football player who can just so happen to punt a ball pretty well. Uh, Whenever Frost got to UCF, we didn't have – like certain weight groups, he, he let the best. he let us choose like who we want to lift with. So I I said, get me with the the linebackers, tight ends, and the skill players. It's like it's just being around those guys, Amen. one connecting with them like as brothers, knowing like building friendships and bonds and not being off in a corner just foam rolling and doing a, like 60 sixty pound squats or stuff like that. Like I I made sure that I was in the, the mix with them, squatting heavyweight, benching heavyweight, going like bleeding, sweating, throwing up, just like they were just so – yeah, if I had a bad game, they couldn't look over to me and say, oh, you're just that freaking punter. Like they, they, had, they had that respect for me saying, I know you're in there working with us just as hard as we were. So there's that kind of mutual respect that gets built up between that happening that camaraderie that comes with it.
1: Exactly. No, that's, you're exactly right. Mac, I, I want to thank you. I cannot thank you enough for your time today. It means a lot to me and everyone at 4th Down Focus that you were able to share a little bit about your story. I want to ask if you could maybe share a way the audience could get a hold of you on social media, if that's possible.
0: Yeah, so I have a, the, the standard Instagram and Twitter. Uh, it's MacMilk15, 15, M-A-C-M-I-O-K-1-5. 15. Uh, I have a YouTube page that gets uploaded uh, normally every week, depending on what the weather is uh, with, with all my training and rolling film, you know, the YouTube page, is just my name, Mac Loudermilk. Um, feel free to, you know, give me a like, subscribe, share that around. The more eyes, the better for me. And uh, yeah, that's, those, those are my social media handles.
1: I appreciate it, Mac. If you have questions related to fourth down focus uh, suggestions on future topics and guests, Or if you just have a comment or feedback for the show, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, several ways. Our website is 4thDownU, 4thDOWNU.com. It has endless resources for specialists and coaches alike. On social media, you can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter, at 4 that's at 4thDownU. And on Facebook and LinkedIn, you can find me at Dan Space Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. Thanks again for joining us at 4th Down Focus. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest. I hope 2021 is treating each of you well. And remember, in all things, give thanks.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need.